Hey there! Thanks for tuning in to Ermia Matters, where we talk all things Ermia as an association and all things higher education risk management and insurance. Let's get to it. Hi everyone! I'm thrilled to be your guest host on Ermia Matters today. I'm Julie Groves from Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and with me today are Joe Storch, Abby Marr, and Roma Shaw from the Student Conduct Institute housed at the State University of New York. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about RAPID, which is a free, customizable, and high-quality training designed for colleges and universities to quickly, efficiently, and accurately train responsible authorities under the Clery Act, Title IX, and other campus policies. Joe, would you mind introducing yourself and your team to the listeners? Sure. Thanks, Julie. It's so great to be with you and so great to see my friend Jenny many years on this podcast. Proud to be back on Ermia Matters. I'm Joe. I'm an attorney in the SUNY Office of General Counsel. I also serve as principal investigator for a number of programs we have here at the State University of New York that address the prevention of and response to violence on campuses and in the community. And I'll turn it over to Abby to introduce herself and then Roma. Hi, I'm Abby Marr. I'm an assistant director of the Student Conduct Institute. In that role, I work primarily on with institutions to respond to incidents of sexual misconduct, in particular thinking about Title IX issues. I also do a lot of work focusing on state law in this area and training our campuses on best practices in this area. Hi, and I'm Roma. I'm a staff associate here at SUNY. I work for the Got Your Back team. Most of my work primarily is on that team, but I also work on the climate survey here at SUNY and other programs such as RAPID. Great. Thank you, guys. And yes, I I did fail to mention that our fearless executive director, Jenny Whittington, is joining us today on the call. And she'll add her two cents as she feels they are warranted. Anyway, thank you, guys. It's great to have you here today. So I'm just going to I'm just going to turn it over to you all and just have you give us an overview of Rapid and tell us more about it. I think Rapid came from a frustration that many of us have with efficiently inexpensively training those who are required to disclose crimes and harassment and violence under either the Clery Act as campus security authorities, under Title IX as what used to be called responsible employees, now is called persons with authority. And it really came to a head during COVID when institutions that used to gather people around in a conference room to do the training for them weren't able to do. And so some of those frustrations came to bear. And we said to ourselves, there's got to be a better way, like they say on Shark Tank or anything like that. There's got to be a better way. And we worked with Ramapo College, a great partner institution. We were able to secure some federal funding to be able to create RAPID, which is Responsible Authority Proficiency in Incident Disclosure, an 11-minute training able to be hosted on any college learning management system or on the web where folks who are faculty or staff, student affairs and the like, are able to get the training on how to recognize the crimes that occur, how to understand what their role is, and to learn who to report to when a crime occurs. Great. Abby, maybe you can explain to us a little about the legal challenges in this area. Yeah, absolutely. So when we were developing RAPID as 
may have heard Joe talk about, we were thinking a lot about the Clery Act and about Title IX. And that's because both of these laws have requirements for people on campus, not only for certain people on our campuses to, to respond to incidents, but also for others on our campuses to pass along information and make sure that they report on information about alleged incidents of crimes, of sexual misconduct. In particular, the Clery Act defines campus security authorities, which are certain individuals who need to pass on information about Clery covered crimes to make sure that the campus is noting them for our annual security report and responding as necessary. And then under Title IX, we have what we used to think of as our responsible employee framework. Now under the 2020 final rules, we think of our persons with authority, our officials with authority to take action. And that's anyone we designate on our campuses who have a role in passing along any information that they hear about a possible Title IX incident on to our institution, to our Title IX coordinators to make sure that we are responding appropriately. The bottom line of both of these laws is that there are certain people on our campus that need to know what their responsibilities are, need to know how to report on something that they learn of in order for us to be able to take appropriate action. And so this training is designed for those people. Great. So Roma, I think Joe touched a little bit on it, but can you tell us how you all came about developing this program? Obviously, COVID has been a frustration for everyone. Is this something that you thought about working on prior to COVID or has this really been driven by the remote work nature of COVID? I think it's been a combination of both. COVID definitely helped push us further into getting this done in time for the training for what was happening in regards to COVID, but we also wanted, to, we knew that we needed an online version of this kind of training that doesn't have to be in person, because oftentimes a lot of campuses are running trainings that are an hour, two, two hours in person, and it's hard to keep people engaged, especially people that aren't really that in- involved in the Title IX Cleary Act work, your chemistry professor or your Spanish teacher on campus that probably wouldn't want to be at a one hour, two hour training. So we really wanted to create something that was short and got the main points across that Abby was talking about in terms of the laws. And since the law is very complicated and most people don't understand legal jargon, like myself, just breaking the jargon and the laws down for, for, like I said, your chemistry professor to be able to understand it and come away from this 11 minute training and know that, okay, this is what I need to do. If I hear of a certain crime, I need to report it onto the campus. And that's the basic goal of the 11 minute rapid training. And that's how we went. I went into designing it, make sure it's easy to understand, easy to progress through the training, and then just very short quiz at the end to make sure, oh, the person was watching and got the basic ideas out of it. That if I hear a crime that is on this list of Cleary crimes, I should report it onto the campus and making sure it's a combination of some, there's some passive videos so they could for the more complicated parts, they can just listen and watch along with the animations and then some interactive parts where they can click and read the different crime definitions and read about what they need to be doing. Great. And so have you rolled this out to other campuses besides SUNY? Yes, I, yes, we have. It's open to any campus across the country. And so I think to date, we've been able to provide it to about 200, 250 campuses in 45 states, I believe. Great. And so, Roma, what has the response been to the program? I think the response overall has been very positive. A few campuses we've met with that have wanted to know a little bit more about what it was, but it seems that most campuses are very grateful to have a resource where they can upload it into their learning management system or host it on their own website and send a link out to their faculty and staff to take a training and 
kind of meet the requirements the federal laws have for training them. Great. What do you think the main takeaway for this program, and you all can feel free to, any of you feel free to answer, what do you think our members, the main takeaway for them should be for this program, this learning management program? I think one of the things, and I'd ask my colleagues to join as well, is you've got so many different risk management challenges. You have so many risk challenges. This is an area that we've seen the Department of Education on both the Cleary Act side and the Title IX side criticize colleges for not having their staff members do the right thing, which is, it isn't, it isn't really hard. It's recognizing crimes, harassment, violence when they occur, and picking up the phone. We don't need our faculty members to conduct a six-week investigation. We don't need our athletic coaches to run a, a, a hearing program. We just need them to bring in those folks from the core of the campus who have those hours and hours of training and how to investigate and adjudicate. We know this is a program, or we know this is an area where colleges have seen challenges. We know it's an area where the Department of Education has criticized colleges for not getting it exactly right, identifying the folks who are in these roles, training them, and, and having them do the minor things they need to do. So we're always thinking at SUNY about ways in which we could take bite-sized chunks of compliance obligations, apply tech and law and, and best practices to them in a way that takes it off the list that lets folks who are risk managers, who are insurance professionals now concentrate on the next and higher and more complicated thing. So it is much more complicated to train the folks at the core on how to comply. Abby spends hundreds of hours a year training folks who have to actually run the hearings and do the investigations and the like. That is much harder. Let's get this done. We're not charging anything at SUNY, working with Ramapo, working with the federal government. Get this done, get it customized, get it uploaded, get the list out to your folks to actually meet this very minor training obligation and get onto your higher order list of the more complicated, more important things. We're going to continue to pump out those kinds of things at SUNY, continuing to help our campuses reduce their risk, serve students better, and get the folks who are in the Ermia community onto those higher order more complicated tab. Well, as a as a risk manager, I can say we really appreciate mm. tools like this that help us to do our jobs more efficiently and help the other staff at our universities do our jobs more efficiently. I think that it, it's great that higher ed is such a great community of people who want to help one another. And so that's one of the things I appreciate most about it. Abby, were you going to say something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just going to Reflect, as Joe said, I train a lot of the campus officials who actually run our investigations and for Title IX and and other issues. And then we also hear and from, as Roma said, the the chemistry professor who can find it very overwhelming to hear that they have reporting obligations or compliance obligations on campus. And so thinking about all of these people on campus juggling so many different things to to come up with a training that is yes, you have a responsibility, but it's a really clear, discreet one, and we can help you do it with confidence got us to our answer, got us to knowing what we needed to do here with Robert. Let me just ask you, since you mentioned that, and I may not supposed to be asking this question, but what do you say to the chemistry professor who says, I'm not going to do this? I understand it's a case-by-case basis, but I always, I just think it's interesting to hear what folks that work in this area a lot, what their response to that would be. I would say if it's in your campus policies, you have to do it. If you are designated a campus security authority or a or a response person with authority or reporting 
mandatory reporter, whatever you're going to be called on your campus, then that's part of your role. But hopefully the training makes it a lot more accessible to know that it's not a responsibility beyond just making sure you pass along that information. I would just add it's a way of showing respect to the students. If the student comes up to you and says, my faculty member gave me a C, but I know I have A-level work. It must have just been a, a clerical error. The faculty member doesn't say, let me investigate. Let me do this on my own. Let me, I'll keep it to myself. I won't. They say, okay, call the academic dean, call the registrar's office, call the faculty member. Let's get this fixed as a matter of respect. If a student says, I dropped my dining hall card, the faculty member doesn't say, I'm not participating. I'm not following. No, they say, okay, here's the office you call to get that. These are some of the hardest things that our students will encounter, incidents of harassment, incidents of violence. Shouldn't we show them the respect of bringing them forward to the folks on campus who have the training from people like Roma and people like Abby to respond in the most student-focused, trauma-informed, law-abiding way? Great. That's very helpful. So I think before we wrap it up this afternoon, is there anything else the three of you would want to share? As a closing thought, I, I have a question, Julie. So I wondered, you had introduced, when you introduced Roma, you said something about Got Your Back program. Can you just, I don't know what that is. Can you just tell me a little bit about it? So in non COVID times, we go to all our SUNY campuses and engage the SUNY students and have them um, assemble what we call comfort bags. And so these bags have toiletries, resource information, some self care items things like that, that we then deliver to various agencies across New York State. And these agencies provide them directly to um, people that have experienced violence. Wow, that's terrific. I just wanted to give a shout out to the whole SUNY team. I know Joe and I have worked together for years and really appreciate the good work that you guys are doing, not only for your students, but nation, probably internationally, you're helping people in these. So they're so confusing, Cleary and Title IX. So an 11 minute video sounds like a great solution when we all have more on our to-do list than ever. So thank you so much for sharing that with higher education, with the Ermia members. Thanks for being on the podcast. And thank you to Julie for being our, our special guest. And back to you, Julie. Sure. And again, I would like to add my appreciation to Jenny. I just appreciate the three of you being on the podcast today. I will let our know that there is a link in our show notes and also in the description for the podcast with information about the rapid program. But if, the, if, if any of our listeners have specific questions, can they reach out to one of you guys with those questions? Yeah, tell, email rapid at suny.edu, and that will get to our team at suny.edu slash rapid or search rapid SUNY in any search bar. Get to it right away. Great. So you heard it here, folks. You can you have a resource that you can reach out to. So again, thank you all so much for being on today. We really appreciate on behalf of Armia, we really appreciate you all sharing this resource with us. So I really want to today and this wraps up another episode of Ermia Matters. You've been listening to Ermia Matters. You can find more information about Ermia at www.urmia.org. For more information about this episode, check out the show notes available to Ermia members in the Ermia Network Library.